This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues. And the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. A flour tortilla wraps cylindrically around a myriad of delicious ingredients. A burrito is so much more than the sum of its parts. This is our love letter to perhaps the greatest food delivery system ever devised by human hands. Today we ask, what makes a perfect burrito? This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. Hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Scherer. I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade. And today we are answering the question, what makes the perfect burrito? So I wrote a little sentence and it says, a perfect burrito is a full meal, Mexican or not, wrapped in a tortilla with plenty of sauces for dippage and no rice inside. That is a perfect burrito to me. No rice inside. Okay, so mm -hmm. I'm saying the perfect burrito is made up of no less than five perfect components. Something meaty, something starchy, something creamy, something spicy, and something crunchy. And it all creates beautiful flavor harmony. You should be able to taste mm -hmm. each individual component, but they should all come together in an anti-gestaltian, the sum is greater than <laughs> the total of its parts. That's what I think. But I'm also a walking contradiction. Right. Because my favorite bite of food in, I suppose, the entire world, definitely in Los Angeles, is a burrito from Burritos La Palma. Mm -hmm. It is to me, the Burritos La Palma Chicharron Burrito is the single greatest bite of food. You get the butt end of it, the last bite. It soaks up all the juices like a soup dumpling. You get that like sumptuous jiggly pork skin and it's beautiful. However, it's not my favorite burrito. Mm -hmm. It's a paradox. Because to me, like the burritos that I love, the burritos that made me love burritos from childhood are these like giant pound and a half to nine pound monstrosities filled with rice and beans and sour cream and guacamole. Like at the SoCal taquerias that I grew up on, they were called like super burritos. You know the taquerias yeah. you go to and it's like, do you want to make it super for a dollar fifty extra? And you never quite know what it means, but you always <laughs> but you always have to do it. It's like this beautiful exercise in trust to the taquero, or I suppose the burrito. Uh, 
uh, at the taco shop that you're like, yeah, dude, make it super. No, I totally agree with you. But what is what is it about burritos La Palma that's that's your favorite bite of food, but not your favorite burrito? Is it are, what's in it? I've actually never been, but I've heard it's really really good. I just don't know. Is it just meat it wrapped in uh, in a tortilla? Hold up, you've never been to burritos La Palma? No, not yet. Oh my god, how <laughs> have I never taken list. you there? I don't know. You never take me anywhere nice, John. Well, are you kidding? We went to Red Lobster back in December. That's oh, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Red Lobster meal was still, to this day, one of the stupidest meals I've ever experienced. We each got like nine courses of food. Uh, Trevor, I believe, got food poisoning and threw up on an aeroplane from eating undercooked scallops. That when I yep. tasted, I went, Trevor, those scallops are raw. You're going to get sick. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I'm fine. Oh, feels like yesterday. <laughs> All right, so bur- burritos La Palma. I used to think that they did like a regional style of burrito. They're from the city of Jerez and Zacatecas in Mexico, and I always thought mm-hmm. it was like a regional style of burrito that came from there because regional burrito styles do exist. We might get into that later, uh, but turns out it's kind of just something that they invented themselves they opened up their original restaurant in mexico but it is the perfect flour tortilla which one reason i love burritos so much is flour tortillas are so beautiful like the glutinous mm-hmm. chew and then it's just enough fat to kind of like make it translucent and so burritos la palma it is just flour tortilla and then a scoop of stew rolled up and served to you and it is the most beautiful simple expression of food possible and it is so good just textural contrast it's spicy it's aromatic they do uh birria de res so like shredded mm-hmm. beef and then their chicharron uh so like the pork stew uh chicharron what is it chicharron de guisado uh the like stewed mm-hmm. pork skin and so it's like so simple it almost eats as a dumpling but to me like when i think of a burrito like i don't want to say that obviously burritos la palma they know what they're doing they're serving burritos they're called burritos but for me, like it eats more like a taco. When I think of a burrito, possibly because of my upbringing and regionality, I'm thinking of something that is like wrapped in foil that you can like hold in your pocket because that's where I stash my food like a chipmunk <laughs> in my front pocket. Uh-huh. The groin warmth keeps it, you know, oh my toasty. What? I'm just saying. And <laughs> it kind of like... steams it <laughs> from the inside. <laughs> that's like a girls that put mascara in their bras to warm it up before they put it on. Same exact concept. It's you just lit- put yours in your Grendel region to keep I'm, it. <laughs> I'm basically a beauty influencer, is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. You're a burrito influencer. <laughs> okay, I- that was bad. Um, <laughs> but I agree. I, I That's definitely a burrito, but like you said, it doesn't have something crunchy, something creamy, something starchy other than the tortilla. I mean... What you described sounds so delicious because I know all of these flavors like Birria de Res and like Chicharron. I love all of those flavors so much. And that sounds phenomenal. But I feel like you're missing a few of your components that make you really like jump for joy because I've seen you. Also, thank you so much for teaching me how to wrap a burrito properly because before <laughs> you, my bur- one time, Josh, listeners, listen to this. One time I was making burritos for an episode of GMM and then Josh looked at me and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like... Uh- wrapping a burrito and then he's like why is a tortilla not warmed and i'm like what do you mean he's like you always warm a tortilla before you wrap it because it makes it more pliable and i was like oh <laughs> life changed so i mean you're definitely really like insightful when it comes to the burrito world but the one thing i just can't wrap my head around ever is rice in my burrito i feel like it's just filler and i feel like maybe it's because i'm persian and like rice is such an important part of my culture that like that's the rice i want to eat all the time and like anything other than that just seems like 
fake. Does that make sense? I feel that. And I see what you're saying about the filler thing. Like if there's a component in a burrito, it should have some sort of value to add other than just being like a kind of like flavor suck, right? Yeah. Like, I, some I, people I, love the the rice. They think the rice is the main star of, of like a dish or like a, like a plate of tamales, like having a side of rice or like a plate of flautas having some rice on the side. But like, I've just never liked it. And I feel bad for not, it's like kind of like a guilt thing because I know it's such an important like part of Mexican cuisine. I've just never really cared for it in my burritos. But like n- rice inside a tortilla is not a big thing in actual Mexican cuisine. Like mm. that style of burrito, it's what people call a mission style burrito, which originated oh. in San Francisco um, okay. in like the, in the mission. early 1900s. Yeah. And so that is where Chipotle, which has now taken over the burrito world that's where chipotle Mm -hmm. founder steve l's got his inspiration for he was like trying to raise money to open up his own fine dining restaurant in colorado and then he decided to open up a burrito shop based on you know what he saw in san francisco uh and so he started like you know doing this assembly line thing putting rice and beans and all this in there and i love that style but i don't love chipotle like i I I have such weird feelings about Chipotle. I've gone on record as publicly. It's the breaking. subway of Mexican food. It's the subway of Mexican food, and it. I feel like it didn't used to be that way, but I suppose it always did. Maybe I didn't used to be this way. I think I am the one who changed, <laughs> and Chipotle didn't because I almost don't consider Chipotle a burrito. I might consider Chipotle a wrap. Why you got to do that? That's not true. That's I don't know. Real. Hold on. What? Like because, okay, let's let's define our terms here, right? Because okay. a, a, a burrito, it is filling rolled up inside of a flour tortilla with the ends fully tucked in, right? Yes. That's like probably the most that we can define it as. But I think there has to be some association to Mexico inside of that, right? Because otherwise, like if you go to Subway, you can get a tortilla with turkey and avocado and bacon inside of it. And that certainly yeah, that's isn't a, a burrito. That's a wrap. In my cookbook that I wrote, uh, I'm not plugging my cookbook shamelessly in this podcast, but I sure am available on Amazon for $12.99. I wrote an essay. It's called, <laughs> it's called Culinary Brodown. That's the name of it. You know, I almost called my blog Barbells and Burritos. I'm so glad you did it. I'm so glad I didn't too. It would have been a heck of a logo though. But anyways, um, I wrote this essay called On the Concept of White People Tacos. And I wrote all about the difference between a burrito and a wrap. That at some point in the 80s during this like low carb boom, white people discovered the flour tortilla and that it had less carbs than bread or at least seemingly less carbs. You could color it green with spinach or red with sun-dried tomatoes. And they started putting like Dijon mustard and turkey and Munster cheese in it. And that's certainly not a burrito, right? Like you wouldn't consider that a burrito. No, but but it's like you know you know when like you go to a party and like I don't know why I always make this cousin analogy. <laughs> I don't know why I keep making this weird cousin analogy, but you know like like you're like in your community and then like your cousin from like I don't know like Minnesota comes and you're just like hey like you still like fit in and you still look the part but when i slice you in the center like you're totally different you're saying when you disembowel your cousin it's the same (laughs) as a burrito yeah when janet and janice come to the party (laughs) and one of them's from minnesota and the other one's from los angeles on the outside they look the same but on the inside once you like really get deep into their ideals and their ideology and the way that they you know they work they're different, but I think they're they're closely related, you know, but you got to give credit where credit is due. There would be no Caesar wraps. There would be no turkey avocado wraps without the burrito. No, absolutely. But like, if you look at what Chipotle serves, here's one of the biggest indictments against Chipotle that I can find. So 
they use the term barbacoa for their shredded beef, right? And yeah, like barba- and it's dank. It's super dank. It's a tasty shredded beef. And like barbacoa is a legit Mexican dish. Like uh, if you go to Gela Getza, like we've made the recipe for barbacoa in fancy fast food before. You know, it's like typically made with lamb and it has a lot of history, I believe, from the state of Puebla. Um, but mm-hmm. then you go to Chipotle, it's just like spicy shredded beef. And like they also use carnitas. Carnitas is something that's like pork that's been like cooked in its own fat. Chipotle just kind of like throws pork in, you know, a slow cooker for a long time. But the biggest thing, Nicole, is that they have had steak on the menu that is grilled the entire time, right, at Chipotle, like their entire existence, they've had steak, and it is called steak. And then do you know what they introduced about a year and a half ago? Yes, because we talked about it at length, carne asada. Carne asada. Do you know what the Spanish word, or the Mexican Spanish word, I suppose, for grilled steak is? Yes, I took Spanish (laughs) honors for four years. I do carne Carne meat asada asada is cooked. It's like, it's wild to me that Chipotle has had grilled steak carne asada on their menu, but they just called it steak. And then suddenly they like season it with cumin, which has like roughly nothing to do with Mexican food. Uh, And then suddenly (laughs) they call it carne asada, you know? So like to me, it's divorced from Mexican food. Chipotle serves wraps. They don't serve burritos. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid. No, dude, it's totally still Mexican food. All I can say though, their carne asada was gross because literally I had a piece of their carne asada and it was literally the length of my forearm. And I'm like, meat's not supposed to be this long. Do you remember that? I showed it to you. I was like, why is this the late? Why is this like seven inches of just pure meat? I was like, what the frick is this in my, in my burrito bowl? Also, I don't get burritos from Chipotle. What I do is I get a burrito bowl and then I kind of, you know, do a little Indian style where I take the tortilla and I rip it and I make myself little bites and I shove it in my mouth. That's what I do because honestly, sometimes their burrito wrapping techniques don't really cut it for me. It's, it's wild. It's soggy. It's weird. Maybe it's just their tortilla. I don't know. And their burritos literally look like a like a seven-month-old child. <laughs> they have <laughs> stopped. Chipotle that? has stopped trying to create a cylinder out of their burritos. And they are always, they literally look like a filled diaper that you're about to throw yeah. away. They're just like kind of matted together, you know, into this weird kind of oblong square shape. And you're just like, where do I yeah. even start eating this? So like, I think people associate, you know, this big mission style burrito now with Chipotle because of how fast they expanded, which mind you, their fast expansion led to a ton of people getting E. coli, whatever, neither here nor there. I'm super bitter about Chipotle's plan for global expansion, but I think it soured a lot of people on this idea of rice in a burrito because that's a sentiment I've heard from a lot of people that rice doesn't belong in a burrito. It's starch on starch. It's because people have been going to Chipotle for years and they've been filling it with 80% rice because it's like the cheapest thing you can fill it with, but rice in a burrito in the proper context. Like you go to um, La Azteca Tortilleria in LA and you get the chile relleno burrito with rice in there. And like you have this oozing cheese and like the fry oil from the chile relleno that bleeds out into this like delicious, fatty, savory Mexican rice that's super tender. And it's an absolutely beautiful thing. That's what I'm talking about, the symphony of flavors. The rice adds this subtle baseline it is just this dulcet ringing tone that flows throughout the entire burrito. It cuts any of the acidity from the salsa that doesn't get matted out by the tortilla. The rice dampens its blow and it's beautiful. The more rice you have in a burrito, the more salsa you can add. I enjoy burritos. I really do. But you know, I'm much more of a taco person, to be perfectly honest. I'd rather eat like seven tacos than one burrito. I agree with that. Except Jonathan Gold had this beautiful saying. He's a legendary food critic in LA. I meant so much to the city. He said, um, taco, when properly used, should be a verb. 
or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea that like when you eat a taco and this is how it's done a lot in Mexico and in some places in LA will do this. The idea is you're supposed to get like, you know, two or three tacos to start and it's supposed to be fresh off the grill because that's when the corn tortilla is at its steamiest and the meat is hot. And so you get the cold salsa, the hot meat, the steamed tortilla, and then you eat a couple and then you go to the taquero and you're just like, yo, two more. And then they do it fresh again. And so, so many times, like, I agree with you that I want to eat seven tacos, but by the time it like comes out of the truck or whatever, and then you, you know, go to the salsa bar and like, you might got to wait in line, then they're cold. But for me, the rice in a burrito acts as like a thermos, right? Mm. The, the rice is what insulates the heat. And also the fact that burritos are like wrapped in foil. Uh, Internet Shaquille did a fantastic video on how to properly Yo. make a burrito. Shout out to Internet Shaquille on the I YouTubes. loved Internet Shaquille when he was on Vine. And if you're listening to this Internet Shaquille, please come down to the Mythical Kitchen and just kick it for like a day or two. Like, it's fine. Like, just come hang out. Like, we'll put you in like a bubble suit. We just want to get to know you. <laughs> yeah, and if if Armando's watching, I don't know if you know Armando from his videos. If Armando's watching, I don't know. let's do some uh, what is formerly known as CrossFit workouts together, though CrossFit is dead and I formerly disavowed CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> and so is the entire world. Welcome to reality. CrossFit sucks. I don't know what to call what I do anymore because now there's not a brand name attached to it. I just look stupid doing a bunch of burpees out in public. A high intensity interval training. No, nah, I need to call it Josh Fit. That is another thing. So much of my life has been framed by like sports, including my food life. Like this is the reason I started cooking such like crazy decadent meals is because when I was shot putting at the NCAA level, I needed to be like 270 pounds and I was working out like five (laughs) hours a day. And so I just like needed calories all the time. One time I literally got a Chipotle burrito and I went home and I fired up a pot of oil and I just deep fried my Chipotle burrito. That's not the disgusting part, Nicole. This is the disgusting part. I covered it in mayonnaise. I just drizzled Chipotle aioli on it. And ate a you deep ate fried. a mayonnaise chimichanga? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now, Josh? <laughs> mayonnaise chimichanga was also my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, like, you know, if you Ew. need 200 grams of carbs and 90 grams of fat to eat a 6,000 calorie a day diet, what better food than the burrito? And I'm always like craving that. I, I need to get a burrito after this we've only scratched the surface how do you feel about french fries in a burrito oh my gosh french fries in a burrito sign me up that's what we call a textural difference young man that's what that is it's like eating carne asada fries but in its convenient little receptacle yes absolutely yeah i fully agree that's like there's this kind of regional split between burritos right so like you go to san francisco you got the rice filled mission style burrito that chipotle was copied from Then you go down to San Diego and a thing called the California burrito springs up, which is typically carne asada. uh, And a lot of this comes from like the Baja, Mexico, Ensenada traditions uh, in Tijuana. And they put French fries in it and cheese and guac Mm -hmm. and sour cream and pico. And it is out of this world. I literally once walked. That's my favorite burrito. That's it. That's my favorite. You just described my favorite burrito. You did it. It's it's fantastic. But you don't mind the carb on carb action of that. With that, nah. Potatoes are something else, man. I mean, even in my breakfast burritos, I love potatoes in my breakfast burritos. I agree. I also like beans in my breakfast burrito, though. Oh my gosh. I love, I just love beans in my burritos. I like black beans in my burritos, though, because Mm. I like the fresh little pop. No, because they what? I like the fresh little pop of black beans. (laughs) Like a popping boba? Just like little popping beans? No! I love refried beans, don't get me wrong, but there's something like earthy and hearty about 
chomping down on a black bean. I feel I think the problem is I associate black beans in a burrito, especially so much with Chipotle that now like when I eat beans in a burrito, I want just like the fattiest, most silken, like refritos possible. Yeah. Like one of my favorite burritos in LA is just from my favorite taco truck, Tacos Tomics, and you get their Al Pastor burrito and people say like the taco is a more pure expression of it because then you actually taste the char on the meat and it's not obstructed by rice and beans i'm like if i want to obstruct my palate i'm gonna obstruct my damn palate you know <laughs> also it was outside my favorite bar and they had like five dollar old fashions so you drink three old fashions mm. and go get you know an al pastor burrito that's absolutely fantastic yeah. i used to love doing that i don't do that anymore i just hang out with my mom and she knocks on my door when i'm recording my podcast okay so what's your favorite breakfast burrito construction because there's a lot of debate on that. Like, I can't stand breakfast burritos that only have eggs, cheese, and, like, a cured meat in it. Like, I need the potatoes. I don't need the meat in there. Like, you. what I actually love is, I'm going to tell you what I do at home. So, I take some cheese, and I make it nice and melty, and then I make scrambled eggs. I make the cheese with the eggs, and I make the cheesy eggs. And then um, I get two kinds of store-bought salsa. I put homeboys mild, and then I take random green salsa that I find in a jar. And then um, I take a lot of fresh cilantro, and then I take hash browns, the, the shredded hash browns that you get from Kroger. Shout out to Kroger. And then um, some tomatoes, some spinach, and I just give it a ribbity wrap, and I eat it. Also, I griddle it. I started griddling mine. Shout out to Josh for teaching me how to griddle a burrito. And let me tell you, it's a game changer. But yeah, I need the potatoes in there, but I don't need the meat in there. I can always just put like some veggies. Like I always have, you know those tiny sweet peppers that you can just snack on? Oh yeah, yeah, the Costco ones. Yeah, I like put like four of them in there and I make like a little omelet cheese situation and that's pretty much my, my ideal burrito. Oh, and avocado. You know, I eat like an avocado a day. That's why my skin is so luminous. Really? My skin's yeah. so luminous because I don't shower. And you don't wash it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you got to keep all the essential oils on your face. Nicole, if you wash your face, then you're just getting rid of the essential oils. You need them to stick in there. That's why I just wrap my face in plastic wrap and poke a hole through my mouth before I go to sleep. Keeps it all fresh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. I remember once we were having like a big taco night at a friend's place in college. And, uh, you know, they just started. I was like a friend of a friend and I wasn't too familiar with them. Uh, and they just put the tortillas on the table and they were like, people, you can just grab a tortilla and make your taco. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you, you got to griddle these. And they went off on me and they were just like, you are so pretentious. And I was like, I will not. I will not let you disrespect the taco in its form by not griddling off these freaking tortillas. It is like so essential. It's not even like toast your hamburger buns or not. That's fine. But like a tortilla literally needs the heat and the steam for it to like become pliable enough to fold. Like you take a store-bought corn tortilla that's cold, you fold it, it just breaks immediately. Like you need to do that. And so that was like a hill that I absolutely died on uh, and I think ruined some friendships in the process. And I will gladly hold that badge. If you came to my house and I had a taco night party and you disrespected me in front of my house guests, I would kick you out. Fair. Just know that. Nicole, I would accept that. Why are you making a big deal? Just let the just let the people have their basic taco night with their Ortega salsa and their corn shells and let them live their lives, okay? They're not hurting anybody by eating their basic, not so pliable tortillas. For me and you, when we're in our respectable homes and nobody is watching, we can, you know, oh, Ryan asked a great question. What do you think about those flat bottom Ortega shells? Yeah, Ortega... Ortega stand and stuffs. They're whack, but I understand their appeal. <laughs> the thing that kind of kills me, um, 
uh, Wes Avila of uh, Gorilla Tacos, right? Like one of the best taqueros in all of LA, does incredible yeah. stuff. He was doing like a demo in Australia for some reason. And the um, the anchor asked him like, I see you're doing soft shell tacos and not hard shell tacos. What's the difference? And like, you could just see him have to bite his tongue to just be like, hard shell tacos aren't a thing. All tacos are soft shell tacos, unless you're talking about like a few very specific regional designations, like Taco Bell bastardized this thing by mass producing a And you could tell that he wanted to say that. And he was just like, I prefer soft shell tacos, you know? And so the fact that like people have this false dichotomy in their mind that like this Ortega stand and stuff taco shells are, are like a default taco and not something in an actual, you know, tortilla, like still blows my mind. And uh, another thing, Nicole, another thing. We have never discussed whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich and we never will. One thing I will say a hot dog is not is a freaking taco because every time we say you know a hot dog is a sandwich or something people come in they're just like according to the cube rule of food a hot dog is a taco and it's just like no no it's not you just you know what you gotta say you know what you gotta say to them you know what you gotta say to them shut up meg (laughs) what (laughs) you gotta hit them with the shut up meg from family guy but josh on the conversation of hard shell tacos, have you ever had a Tito's taco? And did you know that the only thing better than a Tito's taco is two? <laughs> is that their slogan? Yeah, you didn't know that. Have you ever I oh, I've been to Tito's. I love them. I actually love Tito's burritos. I, they're better than Tito's tacos. Have you ever had a burrito from Tito's? I have. It's very, very good. Have you ever had a Tina's burrito from the freezer section? Oh my God. I grew up on frozen burritos and none of those have rice in them either. They are just simply no. a like... <laughs> A meat and bean slop. The funniest thing about Tina's burritos, I used to eat the red hot beef burritos all the time. uh, And there's beef in it, supposedly. Allegedly. I cannot say for a fact because you don't need to chew any of the insides. You can wring out the insides in your mouth and just go... And I just know. Drink you want to like know a, a fun fact? <laughs> I was a food stylist for Tina's Burritos for a little bit. If you go onto the Tino's Burri- Tina's Burritos Facebook, you will see me and my boss at the time <laughs> holding a Tina's Burritos like a uh, uh, box of them, a value pack of them, like a child. Like we're the parents of the Tina's Burrito <laughs> Super Pack. I'm not kidding you. But yeah, I used to be a food stylist for Tina's Burritos, and the center. Let me tell you, there's such a specific nostalgic taste. It's like it's like bean toothpaste. It's ridiculous. But they definitely satiate you when you really, really need one. Oh yeah. I think they're the best frozen burrito. Honestly, I think they're delicious. No, they are. I. I fully yeah. agree with you. I think they're better than all the, uh, like, El Monterey is another big brand that doesn't. No, 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 no you got to go Tina's. In Tina's, when I was growing up, they would go on sale five for a dollar, and we would just buy, like, 50 of them. And so we would stack them in our freezer. And, like, every day I would come from, sco- from school, and I would microwave a Tina's burrito, and then I would slice it uh, hot dog style, I believe is the term, down the center. <laughs> I would slice it, and then I would l- open it up, pry open the layers, and fill it with salsa and sour cream. And then eat it like that. I have nothing but love for the frozen burrito. And honestly, the frozen burrito is like a big reason why the burrito proliferated across America and why we know what it is today. Because they found out like there's this big gold rush of prepackaged food like back in the 50s. Like you mentioned Ortega mm-hmm. chilies earlier. I didn't realize that Ortega was started in uh, Ventura, California. Like just about Yeah, it is minutes. actually. Yeah, they still have like a plant up there and all that. And like he took, uh, you know chilies from Mexico and like that dude literally invented the modern process of chili roasting. You've ever seen the chilies in the tumbler that they tumble over the open fire and they like hand crank? Yes. The Ortega dude just like invented that from some old chicken wire. There you go. I think what we've learned today is that burritos come in many shapes and sizes. 
And there's many different things to love about burritos, from rice to French fries to delicious <laughs> meat. <meatf> <laughs> No, this is this is just our love letter to the burrito. We have differences in what we want from a burrito. You don't dig on rice. You don't think the extra starch is appropriate. To me, this is probably framed from my upbringing and the need to eat 6,000 calories a day, but I absolutely Big love boy. it. I think we can all agree that Chipotle serves whitewashed garbage that shouldn't be allowed to be considered a burrito and should have to legally no. change its name to a wrap. You're I not eating never, a burrito I'm bowl, you're eating a wrap bowl. I, I think we both I agree on that, that, right? Chipotle, please don't sue me. <laughs> Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call on three. Opinions one, two. are Opinions like, like casseroles. We nailed it. God, we're so good at this podcasting thing. First up, we got at swag to the max. Quick pickling is better than slow pickling. Or is it long pickling? Ooh, I don't like the phrase long pickling. Either way, by the time you've read this, you will have said pickling so many times that you will have put yourself into quite a pickle. <laughs> Got me. Um, we, we talked about this concept in the aioli mayonnaise episode where we're like, things need different names. Too many things have the same names. I think quick pickling and slow pickling, as he calls it, I keep saying pickle. I'm playing into his game. I think they need different names because like long pickling, as they're referring to, is, you know, lacto-fermentation, right? Like, when mm -hmm. you eat, like, a good Jewish deli pickle, it's literally just salt, water, and cucumbers. And then the lactobacillus, you know, picks up yada, 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 Brad Leone stuff, uh, and then it turns into a pickle, and it creates that sour flavor. Whereas quick pickling, you're substituting vinegar for that, which actually prevents fermentation because it's a preservative. So they're two, like, completely different things, but... There's no substitution for the umami of a long pickle. Listen, I believe that I should start a company called Quickles, where I make quick pickles out of the comfort of my own home. And it's going to be really cute. And I've always wanted to do it. And this just inspired me. So uh, this is going to be my last time on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm going to start quickling. Yo, why hasn't anyone started like an artisanal frozen burrito company? Josh, I right? think it's because you need to fill that space. I think, it's, I think they've been waiting for me to do it. Because you look at how much it's the frozen food game has really expanded over recent years. Dude, have you seen all these like crazy TV dinners now that are like shrink wrapped? They're like vacuum sealed and you can like yes. see all the components of it. That's crazy. And they're doing all this like keto, like I should do that with burritos. Yeah. Um, except don't make it weird and like package like that because it makes it feel like it's like Han Solo, like looking through. You know that it's like a weird hermetic seal. I personally don't like it. I've never seen Star Wars before. Um, I, I, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just I continue. just got the Han Solo reference because I yeah. watched that for the first time like a week ago. Frozen and Carbonite. Yeah, and there we go. Lando sells them out. You know what's really funny? I, don't know. I, I didn't know that either. I watched because like in Star Wars Episode five or whatever, Lando Calrissian sells out Han and I stopped watching halfway through the movie and I was like, dang, Lando's a bad guy. I can't believe Link named his kid after him. Not knowing, spoiler alert, that Lando redeems himself. So <laughs> there I was, an idiot. Now you just ruined the whole entire series for me. Now what am I going to do? Let me let me read a controversial food opinion. Triangle Walks underscore says, Kiwi fruit with the skin on, peanuts with the shell on, cottage cheese with hot sauce and cracked black pepper. Um, are you eating all of these things together? Because if you are, uh, that's alarming. I hope you're not doing that, Triangle Walks. I've, have you ever tried to eat peanuts with the shell on? No, because I'm not a masochist. <laughs> I've heard this from people before that do that. It's... um. It's not bad. They have a point where why would you put salt on the peanut shells if you're not supposed to eat them? And I get that. 
but it's not like a sunflower where you have to like go in and like you know crack open the shell with your teeth also fun fact um i don't have good oral dexterity read into that what you will um so i can't (laughs) (laughs) i can't eat sunflower seeds and like crack open the thing to get into the nut meat and so when i eat sunflower seeds i just throw a handful in my mouth and i chew it up and i swallow what i want and then i just spit out a giant wad of chewed seed hull later that's the only way I know how to do it. It's gross. You want to know something? I'm just a lazy girl and I don't like to crack it. So I take, I don't do this with, with sunflower seeds. I do this with pumpkin seeds. I just shove them in my mouth and my boyfriend literally looks at me and he's like, are you insane? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Hi, insane. Nice to meet you. I'm dad. <laughs> uh, I don't even like kiwi fruit with the skin off. Um, cottage cheese, savory cottage cheese though is delicious. Hot sauce and black pepper and cottage cheese. I accept that. I ate a big old bowl of hot sauce yogurt during lunch while I dipped my pizza in hot sauce yogurt for lunch. I don't know. Again, I've just been up to all kinds of gross stuff being at home in quarantine. I've been devolving into my most base self. Like the caveman brain is really coming out. I was in a meeting when I was just like eating yogurt with my hands uh, earlier. I don't know if you noticed that, Nicole. I don't notice anything about you anymore. I've just become immune to the weirdness. (laughs) At Call Me Giant, convenience store taquitos are actually fantastic. I'm a manual laborer, and just two for breakfast provide me with the energy and satiety I need to get through the day. Yes, absolutely. And this hits on a lot of things. Not only are convenience store taquitos really delicious, like you go to 7-Eleven, especially their cream cheese and jalapeno one, because it's literally just like a mini jalapeno popper burrito, and it's delicious. Um, But also people who like very casually crap on convenience store meals are the worst type of people. I can't stand that. It's just like... It's classist and lame and like convenience stores feed so many people. I like even convenience store sushi for me is like a really delicious, cheap filling meal. And I'm all about it. Those little sandwiches Mm -hmm. are great. I love eating from 7-Elevens. They are an absolute community resource, especially at places like in L.A. because they're just everywhere. Convenience store food. Yup. Especially taquitos because they fit on the hot dog roller. Um. I will eat sushi from pavilions, and that's about as far as my cookie crumbles with that. Here's what I don't get about people crapping on convenience store sushi, I'm not right? crapping on it. It's just I don't want it. No, no, totally, totally fair. Preference is preference. But people are always like, you'll get sick from gas station sushi. It's like, you know, that stuff doesn't have raw fish in it, right? Like, they're using imitation crab yeah. meat, which is literally just fish that's been blended with, like, sugar and salt, i.e. preservatives, So you are actually much less likely to get sick off of that that's been sitting in a refrigerated case than something like, you know, a hot dog that's been rolling around in open air. So yeah, gas station sushi, (laughs) sign me up. No way. Have you seen that Futurama episode where Fry gets sick from eating like an egg salad sandwich, but he becomes friends Uh, with the bacteria in his stomach or something? Love that episode. You need to watch more Futurama. Uh, Luke... Reagan Hill says sriracha is widely overrated and most people only pretend to like it because it's popular. No, sriracha's good. You're whack. <laughs> I, I think they may have a small amount of a point. Like nothing has. Yeah. It's like when people say In-N-Out is overrated. It's like, I agree. I think In-N-Out is great, but it has been like fetishized to this huge point. And sriracha is like a really fascinating case study because they didn't copyright any of their yeah. logo or anything. And so like Urban Outfitters, I remember, would sell like a sriracha t-shirt uh, and you'd see a bunch of hipsters walking around and like you know loose fitting sriracha shirts and stuff like that that said a lot of people have been crapping on sriracha and everyone's trying to find the quote-unquote next sriracha being like sambal gochujang harissa is the next sriracha and it's like 
nah, sriracha, sriracha. It's really delicious to me. It's like kind of sweet. It's funky. It's intensely garlicky. Uh, it goes great on like, you know, any uh, East or Southeast Asian food. I'm all about it. I also think it's hilarious that like it has made its way into the like East and Southeast Asian culinary canon. Like you go to any pho restaurant, they have a bottle of sriracha. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's literally just made by a Vietnamese-American dude using California produce. Like, it's just red jalapenos and, like, garlic and sugar. And so it's kind of funny. It's this, like, beautiful story of, like, you know, uh, immigrant cuisine in America kind of, like, finding its way back uh, in yep. Asia. I'm obsessed with sriracha. I love it. I like sriracha on my pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. At Jenna Max. I'm a purist with food, and bacon does not, in fact, make everything better. It masks the flavors of everything else I'm trying to experience. On its own, it's wonderful, but get that off my burger, pizza, anything else. Uh, I kind of agree i i think it's overused and we're talking about food fetishes (laughs) i'm i'm talking about food fetishes uh (laughs) like bacon is up there number one people say you know like bacon makes everything better like no it doesn't i like bacon on a burger in very specific context uh you got to be able to like taste the bacon especially bacon in a fried egg on burger but i understand it really does you know, mask the flavor of the beef. Like I probably wouldn't put bacon on like a beautiful steakhouse style burger that's made from like, you know, actually fresh ground cuts and everything like that. But if I'm frying up like a grocery store burger at home, yeah, I'm gonna slap some bacon on it. (gasps) Josh, speaking of breakfast burritos that I totally forgot to mention, have you ever had Everest burritos in Glendale? No. It's a drive-through breakfast burrito place. Yo, their bacon breakfast burrito, like so good makes you get pregnant it's delicious i've i i've been trying to get pregnant me and my girlfriend have been trying to get me pregnant and and so i would like to eat this breakfast burrito that's perfect josh go to listen to me go to everest burritos in glendale and get their bacon breakfast burrito i think it's phenomenal and get some avocado in there too. have you truly have you heard the phrase engagement chicken yes with the lemons and the garlic yeah i didn't realize that like People didn't know that was a, a phrase or concept that existed. The idea is it's a chicken recipe. And I think this is a thing that goes back a long time, right? That the chicken recipe is so good that you're going to make it for your man. And he's going to be so smitten with this chicken that he'll propose to you right on the spot. That's like that's the, the plan. That's, that's what we all want. That's what women want. We want us to make we want to make you chicken. So you give us a big rock on our fingers so you can claim us. I say that as someone who does not believe in the institution of engagement, because I don't like when here's the problem that I you, do you want to hear about my dating life? Let's hear about my dating life. A thing that always happens is like I love cooking so much and I love cooking for myself and I love cooking for other people. And to me, that's like a big expression of love. But especially I feel like if I'm cooking for a girl that I've gone out with, uh, they all feel the need to like, you know, return the favor and cook for me back. And I'm just like, no, like this, no, this doesn't have to be purely transactional. Like, let me do this. We can combine our loves and, you know, interests differently in different ways. And then they're always like self-conscious about what they've cooked for me. If they're not like, you know, experienced cooks and they're like, I know this isn't up to your standards. And I'm like, you wanted to do this. I don't know what to tell you. Now I got to lie and say that I like it. So anyways, Engagement chicken. What a sexist relic. (laughs) (laughs) You're interesting. Oh, the next one. Yeah, engagement's not a thing. If you're in a committed relationship, you're engaged to be married in some way. I refuse to use the term fiancé. That's stupid. What? 
I can't wait to be someone's fiance. <laughs> Kenny Ken Ken underscore three says bacon and frosted flakes, smiley face. Uh, I actually think that works. So I don't necessarily agree or disagree. Uh, yeah, put your bacon in your frosted flakes. It's got to be crispy. Like if, if you're doing bacon and frosted flakes, that's got to be something where all the fat is rendered out. And it's just crispy and it'll kind of mask in there. I've never tried to put bacon in cereal, which is kind of shocking to me. Josh, make bacon cereal. You know, they. I think they did a bacon and pancake cereal. Gross. For someone. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying that as a joke. No, I think I think someone did that. At Tree Antoinette, pickle tails are a delicacy and the prized pickle always has the longest tail. I know what exactly the what they are talking t- about. Is it pickled pig's tails? No, I think they're literally talking about when you open a jar of pickles, like the whole pickles, some of them will have a little bit of like the cucumber stem on the end of it. And I've uh-huh. like always kind of cut it off, but apparently you don't got to cut it off. And you can just eat oh. it and it's prized. Interesting. Very interesting. I I've never that. experienced this. So sorry. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Pigtails are fire though. Uh, Pigtails? Yeah. You ever eaten pigtails? Like the tail of a pig? Yeah. I mean, it's the same as like, no. you think about oxtail is like the tail of a cow. But eat the tail of a pig. No, I've never had it before. No. It's good. It's similar to like pig's feet where it's just like a bunch of delicious kind of uh, mm. gristle and like ligature and it's fantastic. You like braise it and then deep fry it. Mmm. Mm. Yum. That Big sounds fan. delicious. C Martins 41489 says mayonnaise on the outside of grilled cheese is better than butter. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and alley-oop this one to you, mayonnaise man. Uh, yeah, here. So the thing C Martins 41489 is, um, nah, you're wrong. Butter is king. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I get the mayonnaise thing. I get why people do it. It adds, you know, extra crunch, blah, blah, blah. I've never had a problem with toasted buttery bread being not crunchy enough for me. I get the mayonnaise thing. I know why people do it. Uh, people have tried to convince me and I am not about it at all. You know what I want to try though? What? <laughs> I want to try smearing the outside of the bread with ketchup and then griddling it. Because uh, hold on. Have you ever had... effed up, man. <laughs> there's a, a Mexican sandwich called a pambaso. Have you ever had it? No. It's like a torta ahogada, right? Where they like soak the bun in like a red salsa. Except with a pambaso, they soak it mm-hmm. in like a salsa roja and then they griddle it. Until it's like a little bit burnt. And so the salsa like dries out in the bread, but it just gives it this like stained chili texture and flavor on it. But it's like still completely dry and it's just freaking delicious. And I wonder if you could do the same technique but with ketchup and a grilled cheese because I love the flavor of ketchup and I want it in my grilled cheese. You got yourself another quarantine activity. (laughs) You should just use this podcast to fill up your schedule, man. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. We got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or NHandyZadev with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube. We got new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pics of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at MythicalKitchen. Can you buy me a Chipotle burrito? I'll buy you a Chipotle wrap.